Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, dear sisters. Welcome to the Versatile Muslima podcast. So I'm one of your hosts, Kulsum. And if you don't remember, I am a life coach, a counselor, um, a speaker, and as well as an author. I'm currently studying at Mishka University, and I'm an instructor at I3 Institute, uh, amongst all the other things that I'm doing in the community. Um, and, you know, the Versatile Muslim podcast is really for you. It's to talk about issues that you as a woman are facing every single day. Um, and we've talked about so many different things. And I think the topic today, before we introduce it, I do want Ilana to introduce herself, is going to be um, one that has really struck our community. And our, by our community, I mean here in Canada, uh, really, really hard. It's made a lot of us really emotional. Um, so inshallah, you know, I'll let Lana introduce herself and then we'll get right into it. Assalamu alaikum ladies. So I'm Lana, your other host um, for the first time on podcast. And I am a scientist, um, a teacher, a mentor, and a student of Islam also at Mishka University. Alhamdulillah. Um, so I just want to say, yeah, this is going to be a super emotional and um just a really hard topic because of everything that's been going on. I definitely, um, you know, I definitely feel the cloud that kind of went over the Muslims here in, 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 uh, in Canada. And I understand like the darkness that's been uh, put in, in, in everyone's heart and the fear that's been kind of put in people's hearts. Um, so why don't you introduce the topic inshallah soon? Yeah. So I don't even know how to introduce the topic, you know, it's basically, yeah. so if you're in Canada, you probably know in London, I'm going to say it right like it is, right? A terrorist, mm. a terrorist, um, you know, because of his hate, killed a beautiful family that was literally just out there taking a walk um, and only one of them has survived. So the mother, the father, the, the sister and um, his grandmother were literally, you know, they've, they've died, they've been killed and... Um, you know, there's so much, there's so much emotions around it for, I think, many, many different reasons. I think, Lana, because mm. it's like, literally, it was, it could have been any one of us. I, I go on walks every single day with my husband, right? And it could have been any one of us. Second, it was purely hate, purely hate. I mean, I just found out the person has been charged with terrorism. So, you know, it's purely hate. And, and, and uh, if you read the news about it, you can just type in, London, Canada attack. And I don't want to say too much about the family's name and everything, but it's on the news. So it's all there. Um, so the taxi driver that actually, you know, so basically what happened, so for people who don't know, was this person got in the, gone and got in his truck and he just kind of drove into the family that was, you know, that was walking. Mm -hmm. And then he tried to go back into a plaza, which is really scary because it was five minutes away from the London mosque. And God forbid if he was actually trying to get to the London mosque, but he was in the plaza and he stopped and there was a taxi driver that was taking a break. 
And um, he started like, you know, being really rude to the taxi driver saying like, you know, call the police, call the police. And the taxi driver noticed blood on the car. He noticed he was wearing um, like armor and like a helmet. And, um, you know, on his, I think on his armor or his shirt, there was a swastika, swastika sign. And he was smiling the whole time. And when the police came, he was like, record me, record me. So it was just really like disgusting. Oh my God disgusting and and everyone was really upset because it wasn't being called out for what it is terrorism but alhamdulillah he has been charged with terrorism and i think it's really great to see that muslims have come together from all over the community and and they're speaking up and because you know muslims are speaking up about it now we have non-muslims speaking up about it like the mps and and allahu alam if it's you know for for political gain, but at least they're speaking up about it and and saying that it is a terrorist attack and um, mm. So I think the main thing is that Muslims should have a strong stance in such circumstances. We should, you know, you know, get together as a community, speak up about it, um, and not be afraid and quiet down. So I have, yeah. but I I really just want to give you <laughs> the chance to speak as well, because like, I can go on and on about this. To be honest. Honestly, I don't even think it was enough what has been happening. Um, th- this is at least my, my opinion. I mean, I after hearing that story, I was disgusted and I, I felt the same way, right? Like you, you think like, okay, I walk every day outside, like what's going to happen, you know? Um, and just recently, even there was another Islamophobic attack in Scarborough. And I was shocked. I was shocked um, because these things are now happening more consistently and they're much more common. They're, they're much more common. And people have not spoken up or, or they don't speak up usually about what, ha- what has happened to them in the past. You know, for example, racial slurs or discriminatory slurs being said to them, um, like things like go back to your country. Like I've been told that way too many times now, at, you know, just random grocery stores and stuff. And it's so sickening. It's so disgusting because these people spew out this idea of, okay, here living in the West and Canada, oh, we're supposed to be multicultural, supposed to be accepting and all this other garbage, but then they don't actually, they don't even implement it. Like they don't implement it themselves. And the Muslims here, honestly, like they need to have a stronger stance in my opinion. <laughs> like there needs to be this idea of them understanding they need to preserve the, the honor and dignity of their deen. They, ne- they should never be apologetic about their deen. Um, they need to have more confidence. I mean, if you look most of the, you know, the MP actually who actually spoke up <laughs> was a Sikh. It was a Sikh. Okay, it was not a Muslim. And this is the pathetic part. This is the pathetic part of the Muslims here. Like, yes, alhamdulillah, we had a lot in the community who spoke up. There were protests everywhere, and that's fantastic. But the people, uh, you know, this, this thing tends to die down. Let's be honest. This type of stuff tends to die down very quickly. We need to um, continue discussing this and talking about this and, and, and telling people about this. And actually, we need to push for... Um, harsher laws, for example, you know, like, I don't actually personally, the fact that he was just claimed to be a terrorist, that means nothing to me. Because the idea that the, 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 the basically the definition of terrorism was implemented by the British in the US, right, to the first time it actually came down to, to, to mean that it's when, when a person tries to use terror, right, to, uh, for, for their own civil rights, and, a, uh, that, and have a political, um, basically gain from it. Yeah. Right. And so this is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. The, the, the idea that, you know, we're always the ones when, when, if it was a Muslim to be on, to be honest, that was like the one 
to be the terrorist in this case, which is always for them. This thing would be going on and on all over the media. People wouldn't be shutting up about it for at least a couple of weeks. I mean, with the London attack, people were go like the Muslims were going crazy. We had, alhamdulillah, honestly, there are some Christian um, churches and stuff like that that have been supportive. And mashallah, this is fantastic. You know, we got people speaking up. We we're trying to gain public opinion, and that's fantastic. But it's so sad that these things die so quickly. You know, um, I don't think, by the way, I don't think it's enough that he, for example, just, you know, is now in prison because he literally murdered how many people like that poor, that poor little boy, you know what I mean? Like he must be, he, he's, he's, must be, he obviously is traumatized. I mean, he saw his family get crushed to death by a car. I mean, that's disgusting. This is like barbaric. This is just even worse. I don't even know what's worse than, even animals probably have more dignity. I mean, I don't understand. I'm sorry. This is an emotional topic for you, for me. <laughs> but go ahead. You can um, speak about it. Yeah. No, I think it's made a lot of us emotional. And I think, you know, I don't know if it's me or if you feel the same way. I, I do feel like in the past, you know, things just die down, right? Like people hype up about it and they speak up about it and then it dies down. But for some reason, ever since the Palestine issue, which is continuing, by the way, um, mm-hmm. Ever since people started speaking up about that, I feel like there's a little bit more like keenness in people to like do something about it. But the the, the conflict is, I don't think they know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, let's let's raise awareness, let's raise awareness, but then they, they don't know what to do. And I think because they don't know what to do, that's where things die down. But I feel like that rhetoric is changing, even if it's very slowly. And so this is like our message to all the people listening in today is if you have the question of, okay, what am I supposed to do, right? What am I supposed to do here in Canada, in the West, whatever? Um, and what am I supposed to do as, as a Muslim? What can I, where can I help? What can I, you know, do about all of this? Then the answer is that, look, start at a grassroots level right? Muslim organizations should be cooperating to enforce new harsher laws in the government. If there's anything that works is that pressure on the government, right? To make sure change that, that, you know, there is this anti Mm -hmm. laws against the Jews, right? But what about um, Islamophobic laws, right? Are there any laws in place to, to actually defend and protect the rights of Muslims in Canada? So if you can do something, you can start putting that pressure on, um, on the government, you know, whatever means that is. So really, I think we really need to start thinking about being more active. If you're on social media, definitely raise awareness. That should be a percentage of our effort as well. But start thinking about how you can take action. Do you need to have conversations with your family? Do you need to have conversations with your children? Do you need to... Um, organize meetings with your MPs and community members and Masajid so that we can stay united and, 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 and with unity, make sure that we, that we deal with this Islamophobia. And, and to be honest, not just Islamophobia, anything that impacts um, humanity at large, right? Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. Nations coming together and, um, and just just doing something about it. So if you know you want to do something, then start at the grassroots level, inshallah. Absolutely. I agree with this. I agree with this. We need to start taking action in a more organized manner, in a manner where we're goal-oriented. We are we are working under our values, but this needs to also happen with, with this uh, with this 
understanding kind of um, as the basis of our actions, which is that, you know, we need to be proud of our Muslim identity. This is a huge thing among Muslims today. They're so cultural, to be honest. They're so nationalistic, like especially the whole Palestine issue. There's this, this idea of nationalism that's been, been driven into the, the hearts and minds of Muslims today, that they're forgetting the, the concept that it is Islam that you are supposed to be defending, right? Um, they should not be afraid right, to be differentiating themselves, to be honest, from the non-Muslims. Like, yes, we've got these non-Muslims supporting us, and that's fantastic. We support anyone who is oppressed, and we are glad to receive that support back. But the point is, in the end, that there's a lot of Muslims out there also that who are afraid of putting that out there. And we need to remember the ayah, لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَالْيَدِينَ for you as for us as our for our, for us as our religion and for you as yours, you know we need to make sure that we people can be okay with saying that and not just being like okay we want to have interfaith dialogues because that's nest to be honest that's what most of the time ends up happening afterwards they want to have these interfaith dialogues to kind of help say okay well we need to support each other and blah 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 but it actually becomes then instead of support it kind of gets driven where okay Islam now is has to hush hush. You can't be too Islamic. And so this is something that needs to be, uh, you know, taught. So this is one way exactly of what you're saying. We need to start now educating um, people. We need to educate people about what Islam really is. But we also have to educate them about the hatred. So there needs to be a fine balance so that we understand, you know, what kind of support we want um, that we can take and also what kind of actions that we actually have to go out there and start doing. Uh, what we need to teach our kids because people will just start teaching that, okay, it's okay. Uh, you know, we need to basically, we're against all forms of discrimination, but then, you know, that kind of might, that might incorporate things like LGBT and we can't, you know, we can't obviously support that. So there needs to be this, this level of understanding that, you know, we will support oppression uh, sorry, we'll support anything against oppression, right? But at the same time, you need to say that it has to fall under our Islamic values, you know? And so the, this idea of, ch you know, we have to change the education. Um, it, it starts with education of the basics, of the basic principles, Islamic principles that we, we need to hold and be proud of. And then also about the hatred that is taught to people against Muslims and try and explain to them the propaganda that is put against us, like the words like terrorism and terrorists, because these words are not necessarily always put on uh, non-Muslims, right? And when they are, they always, like I said, it dies down quickly. So these are things we need to also make aware of, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, what, what else do you think, uh, Kutsum? I don't know, you know, I've just been thinking at the, I don't know if this is the word naivety, <laughs> at like, basically like just people being naive, you know? There's uh -huh. advantages that we have living here in the West, right? No, like hands down. Um, so many different advantages and, and, and ways that we can progress. But at the same time, I don't think we can be naive. Like you said, like, you know, this idea of, I mean, come on, Canada is built upon the backs of Aboriginals. And if anyone mm -hmm. news, I mean, this is just one of the other things that have, that have been kind of um, stirring up in our community, like emotions in our community about like dead bodies found in residential schools. So we can't be naive that white supremacy does exist. Racism does exist. It's not just down south, right? It's right here up north as well. Canada is not void of the racism um, that U.S. faces as well. So, you know, I just think as Muslims, we can't be naive. Uh, and we have to know that, you know, white supremacy exists. All of these things exist. And really start understanding that Islam is a practical solution for all of this, 
right? And what does that mean, right? Like, what does that mean? Like, Islam is a practical solution. Well, Islam says stand up for the oppressed, right? So we're not talking about, you know, doing anything wrong in the name of Islam, right? We're just talking about things that if uh, the Prophet ﷺ was alive and the companions of mercy upon them were alive, that they would be doing. They would start teaching people what Islam actually is, right? Interacting. So another action step for all the beautiful ladies watching is, you know, interact with your children, interact with your family, interact with your community members, you know, have um, conversations and dialogues at universities and workspace about how Islam is actually a solution to all of this different oppression that we're facing. Islam is a solution to all of this racism. For sure, it's going to take time, right? You can't just come out and say, Islam is the solution and um, without explaining how, because it just doesn't sit right with people. So start presenting mm -hmm practical aspect of Islam um, bit by bit in the dialogue and conversations you're having. And I want to tie it back to the point that Lena said earlier about confidence. The way that you're going to do it is with confidence. You know, I was telling my husband, it's crazy. I was brought up here. So I've been here for the last like, like really, really, really long time. Right. I came here when I was like two years old mm -hmm. and I, I haven't actually faced any racism, but then I was like, you know what, how is that possible? And I realized today something happens. I'm going to share that with you guys as well. Mm. Not that I haven't faced racism. It's that because I'm so confident, I don't notice the racism. So today I had to drop mm. off like an order to the shippers. Okay. And when I parked my car, I noticed there was like someone that was by the door and, and by the car. I can't really explain it without visuals, but just try to imagine it. And so just naturally, I just decided to walk like around, around him and, and go from like the other side, right? And when I was going in, he's like, oh, ha ha ha, you took the longer side, eh? And, and I laughed. I was like, yeah, ha ha, like I took the longer side and I didn't realize. And I just went in and I came out. And even when I came out, he made like a weird snarky comment. And when I got in my car, I was like, oh my God. I think he was actually, like, I can't say, like, he was racist, right? But he had this, like, vibe of trying to make me feel uncomfortable. And yeah, they tried to instill fear in you. Yeah, and it's crazy. I didn't feel it <laughs> until, like, I got in the car and I was like, oh, okay, that's what he was trying to do. And I think the reason that is is Lena's point about just being confident, right? Like, you, like, people prey on fear. If they smell fear, they're going to prey on it. So be confident. You have nothing to lose, right? Um, you, you only have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's there to protect you. So when you go out, I remember when I first started wearing like the abaya, I went on a bus and I went to university and I was like so confident about it, you know? So I think we really have to start instilling that. And I know you already mentioned it, but I just wanted to emphasize how I think we really as women need to start being confident, being Muslimas, instill that in our children, in our daughters, in our sons, and um, walk around like, like we have nothing to lose. And um, inshallah, that will, I think that will do a lot. What do you think? Absolutely. I agree. And you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all, man, especially the sisters, um, because I felt the same way. I, I actually have had several of those comments and it just, it disgusts me. And another thing, this idea about instilling fear that they, that's what they try to do, right? Yeah. 
that is how the West has honestly um, raised the people here. They basically try to push this idea that, okay, we want to instill fear in you and we're going to have everybody here also do that as well. So when they, when they try to basically um, even intimidate you, right. It's just, it's just there as a, as a tactic. There is a tactic, but we have to remember, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, do not fear them, fear me. So you, we need to fear Allah. Do not be afraid by them. Do not be intimidated by them. You know, we need to, that's where the confidence comes in. Um, and we, we just, we gotta, we gotta remember that. We gotta remember that um, a lot so that we have the, uh, you know, we have the confidence and the ability to go there and, and, and uh, represent Islam. We are, we have to remember, you know, we are the ambassadors of Islam. Yep. You need to keep that in your minds, ladies. Um, you need to keep this in your mind. You, you as women are an ambassador of Islam. So you need to give the best image of the deen through your actions. Um, and, you know, that means you will need to defend Islam. In the best possible way, but you defend it. It doesn't matter. You still got to defend it. And Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu you know, he gained the hearts not only of his companions, but also even of his enemies. Even even the kuffar were actually looking up to him. Even the best poet in, in, in Quraysh, who was a leader of the Quraysh, who was Walid ibn Mughira, he himself spoke about Islam and the leadership of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the words that came from his mouth as being, uh, you know, this, this high... Uh, basically divine and, and, and incredible uh, leadership and and just, you know, that he's, he's complimenting him, he's revering him. And like, you have to understand, it was because of his unique personality, his amazing way of dealing with people, his beautiful, beautiful characteristics and his just everything about him. Even the people who hated him couldn't fully even have that you know, pure hatred. They were just like, they were envious. They looked at him and said, Oh my God, look at him. He's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So this is something we got to remember. You are ambassadors. Do not let them intimidate you. You only fear Allah. And this is something that we need to remember. And I think that's honestly uh, where I'm going to end today. You know, um, do you want to add anything? to say I was just thinking about you know why did we speak about this topic you know and the reason we chose to speak about it ladies was because it's affecting you right on my social media I'm getting so many messages about like you know how do we cope with it and what should we do and and one thing that I've noticed people kind of gravitating towards is oh it's becoming too much and we just need to we just need to tune out right and, and I think the reason that is, is because people don't know how to handle their emotions when it comes to this. And so autumn, and this is really important, right? Because as an ummah, we can't be asleep, right? As an ummah, when we're feeling pain, we, we, we have to feel that pain. And there's this rhetoric that goes around that, no, 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 no. Like if I see uh, shedding of blood, then I, I can't, I, it's, it's too much negativity for me. And I think it's the very, it's, it's a wrong stance to have because then what happens is you become very numb and very void to the pains that are happening in the ummah. So rather, why don't we we gravitate towards, okay, I watched a video about someone in Palestine, you know, being shot. I understand it can be too much. Trust me. You know, I, I feel like I'm due in eight weeks and I think I'm going to go into labor from just to God forbid, from just all of this, like, you know, stuff in the news. But yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> manage it right when you see all this stuff you don't just numb your mind you think about okay i have a responsibility how can i take action i can make dua but apart from dua 
I have to take action. Who, which organization should I be a part of? Um, what community, you know, should I reach out to? Do I have friends that are on the same page for me? So really, we have to start na navigating towards how not to emotionally numb ourselves when we see the pain of the ummah, but how can we turn that that pain that we see into action mode and um, into just doing mode. So really, that's where I wanted to end off today. And um, I hope that you guys benefited. I know it's a lot. It's super heavy. It's going to take time for it to digest. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, take it one day at a time. And uh, yeah, I'll let you end off, inshallah, Lena. Ladies, thank you so much for listening. Um, so please, 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 as part of your actions for today and action items, um, I want you to click the like, hit uh, the subscribe button as well, um, and comment and share it to all your friends. You know, share this podcast and comment. Give us comments, questions. Um, what else What else do you want to hear about? Let us know. Tell us the hot topics that you want to talk about, and we'll talk to them, you know. So we'll talk about them, inshallah. So um, don't forget we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and uh, whatever other social media I think outlet there is. So, yeah, jazakallah khair. Um, and don't forget, you all can be a versatile Muslim. So, jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.